Money Roots is made possible by the support of our sponsor, Rooted Planning Group. Are you ready to take control of your financial future? Look no further than Rooted Planning Group, your trusted partner in financial well-being. At www.rootedpg.com, you'll discover a wealth of resources and expertise to help you thrive financially. Rooted Planning Group specializes in personalized financial planning, investment management, and retirement strategies. They understand that every financial journey is unique, and they're here to guide you every step of the way. With a team of experienced advisors, Rooted Planning Group is committed to helping you cultivate a secure and prosperous future. Visit www.rootedpg.com today to learn more about how Rooted Planning Group can help you grow your money roots. Today's episode of Wine and Dime is sponsored by Rooted Planning Group, a fee-only financial planning firm that believes life is about events, supported by your dollars and cents. And we want to help you achieve your goals. Hop on over to www.rootedpg.com to learn more about the services. Every week, it's my goal to share financial information that helps you in both your life and financial vineyard. We hope it takes you from your roots to the journey of your vines and the influences in the air that have helped craft your delicious life. Like wine, life and finances have different palettes that should be celebrated and not judged. Well, welcome back to the show, Anne. As always, we're glad to have you. I uh, can't believe it's November and the year is just flown by. <laughs> Here we are at the middle to end of November when this is being released and people will be sitting around the table and gathering with family members in a lot of cases to celebrate Thanksgiving. And we like to think of that as a time and an opportunity to talk to our parents and our family about what's going on in their lives, uh, what's going on in their health, uh, their their whole network of friends and everything like that. I I always remember my mother-in-law saying that when she was reading the paper, well, I'm not in there today, I guess it's a good thing. But in all seriousness, um, you and I have talked over the years a couple of different times about how important it is to try to put a plan together to support our parents when we're kind of not local to them. And although I am part of the year local to my mom and uh, stepdad, I am not there year round and you're not close to your parents at all geographically. So we hope the listeners will enjoy this conversation today because we thought it was a topic that more and more of our clients might find informational helpful and give them a little direction too. So let's dig right into that. Oh, before we get going, I would love um, for everybody to uh, just take a moment moment. Uh, and you had a dress up turkey at your house. Is that correct? <laughs> yes. My first grader had a, pro- a school project to disguise a turkey so that he didn't become thanks- a Thanksgiving dinner. So. <laughs> well, I thought it was adorable. Of course, we get to see those beautiful pictures. And so I thought that was adorable, but I thought it was a fun little game. Like, I think family members could really get into something like that. And this <laughs> yeah, year, I'm actually going to be home for Thanksgiving, which is unusual. And I thought my, I will we'll see if my, if I can get my, uh, my, they're not kids anymore. I, gosh, my, my nieces and nephews are getting to be so much older, but I, 
Maybe I'll bring that up and see if they can they can come up with something fun on that same front. So I thought we'd throw out a little something fun for the family to do before we dig into this topic. So, so Anne, when you think about, um, as you and I talk back and forth, when you think about uh, ways that we can maybe give our audience and listeners some ideas and suggestions on how to support parents to age in place, most people say that that's what they want to do, right? They, I don't mm-hmm. know that I've ever talked to anybody that says, hey, you know, put me in a nursing home. Right. Or even assisted living necessarily, although at some point in time that might be necessary. When you think about that question, how to support parents aging in place when when you live afar, what are some of the ideas or suggestions that we've shared with clients over the years or that you've implemented? Yeah. And like you said, I mean, this is definitely close to home for my husband and I were both away from our parents and they're getting a little bit older and already starting to have some health issues. Um we're fortunate enough that we both have other family members. Like I have other siblings that are close to my parents, but there's still some some guilt around, you know, the fact that I'm not there and I definitely want to be a part of that support and that care plan. Um, and I think, you know, one of the biggest things that you can do is as a family is just sit down and have a conversation, you know, visit if you're, if, if you're not close to your parents and you're going to visit them in person, you know, check in, see how they're doing, how things are going, you know, how much support do they need? How independent are they still, um, you know, and then talk to the other family members that are close by in the area and, um, you know, what, what support are they able to give? And I think it's just, you know, sitting down first and having those conversations, which are difficult and emotional and, you know, every family dynamic is different, but I think the first place to start is is talking about your parents' expectations, you know, how can other family members help? What are their expectations? Um, you know, enlisting other local resources and that could be, you know, are there home health aides? Is there church groups that can check in and meet with your parents? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and then just figuring out how you can support them. And that's, you know, that's been emotional for me. And I, I, I have had those conversations with my siblings. Okay. I'm not there. I understand how much you're going to have to give of mm-hmm. your time. Um, you know, what can I do? Is there, you know, can I help financially in some way? You know, if somebody has a procedure or a surgery, maybe I can come down for a week since I work remotely mm-hmm. and, and be mm-hmm. some support, you know, during certain events. So, yeah, I mean, I definitely think it's emotional, but just planning and, and talking to everyone is so important. Now, hey, you mentioned that you've had some conversations with your siblings already about that. Are your parents aware of that? Are they, do they know that you've had those conversations? Have they been part of it? Yeah, that, that's an interesting one because I've talked to my mom separately and I've talked to my siblings separately that we haven't all sat down and talked about it. I think um, you know, I think my my mom sometimes is a little bit resistant to the idea of, of how much support she may need going forward. Um, so I think we all we don't want to feel like we don't want her to feel like she's being ambushed maybe by all of us at the same time. <laughs> but we definitely like, we, you know, the, the four of us together talk. And I think we're all pretty open with each other about who can do what and how we can help. Um, so I think we've, we've kind of brought it up with my mom, but the, certainly the four of us have talked about trying to be on the same page. One thing that, um, I don't know, does your mom read a lot? Does she like to read books and does she yeah. listen? Yeah. One thing I, I don't know, I'm not sure how to do it. I, I think you and I have become somewhat, unfortunately, or fortunately, however you want to say it, immune to some of that, right? Because we, we have this, it's a normal conversation that we have with people. So we don't necessarily think about it as something that 
it's not emotional to us like it is to other people. Although we're aware that it's emotional to other people, to us, it's just a conversation about something that's important. Mm -hmm. One of the things that I have done in the past is there's this book called The Other Talk, um, which is a play on, you know, when you're a kid and you have the talk with your, or your parents have the talk with you, you know, The Other Talk is actually a guide to talking with your adult children about the rest of your life. So it's meant to be for the parent to actually have this book, read through it, and then develop a way to actually talk to their kids about what they want next or how they want your help or how they want you involved. Because sometimes I I know at least for me, um, you know, I I don't want to like you, I don't want to invade but I also want to be of some help. So mm-hmm. I really struggle personally with the, am I, okay, so I've told my parents and you probably have too, if you need anything, don't hesitate to ask. And what do they say? Well, I don't want to bug you. Yes, <laughs> yes. <laughs> but how do we know when you need something if you don't say something, mm-hmm. right? I don't, I don't know, especially if you're living afar. Mm-hmm. You really don't have that ability to see what's going on in a day-to-day basis So unless somebody says something, we don't necessarily know that something is needed. On the other hand, I'm, you know, I find myself trying to think, well, would they need this? Would they need that? And they look at me like I have three heads because, well, why would you, do you think I'm not capable of doing that stuff myself? You know, it's that, Mm -hmm. it's, it's that double edged sword. So, um, I haven't done this yet, but I think, um, you know, my, my parents are still in really good mental condition. Right. And so asking them to maybe read the book and, and tell me where they want me to, to fit in a little bit, you know, that, that might be a nice way to sort of bridge that gap a little bit where the communication potentially starts to shift just a tad bit. I know you um, mentioned, you know, what, what are some of the, you mentioned like reaching out to friends and family and neighbors and, and, and even encouraging your parents to make connections so that you can reach out and say, Hey, you know what? I've been trying to get a hold of my mom or my dad or whoever. And I, they're just not, are they busy or, you know, is, can you run next door and just make sure everything's okay? Um, have, have you had that conversation with your parents? Yeah, I actually have um, contact information for my mom's neighbor and I have been, my mom has kind of gotten to know her and, and she's, she's younger than my mom. Um, and so, and I've actually visiting and my kids being there, I've actually kind of gotten to know her too. So, um, and it makes me feel, I mean, my sister's not that far away, but it's still nice to know immediately that mm-hmm. there's somebody r- literally right next door that could go knock on her door and check on her. And I think that's important, not just for elderly, but for anybody living alone to know that true. you have somebody, you know, right there that you, you know, if you need them, that they could check in. Yeah. And even like your sister may go on vacation, right? So having that ability to make sure that, you can contact somebody right next door is a, a great plan. What about estate planning documents? Any thoughts on or suggestions that you would give to listeners on estate planning documents when you are remote? <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think, you know, definitely getting your estate document plan um, documents in place. And part of that's going to be a power of attorney. And, you mm-hmm. know, and I think with some of the financial stuff being afar, I, I can help my mom with some questions. And, you know, we've looked at Medicare plans when she's enrolling. And like, mm-hmm. there's definitely things I've been able to help with on that front, um, not being right there. So um, you could certainly be named in a, in a power of attorney, a financial power of attorney. Um, you know, for other things, it might make sense if some 
somebody's closer there? Could they be named? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, And I think that goes back to having conversations, having a plan, you know, finding an estate planning attorney and, um, you know, maybe you even are able to somehow attend it or um, be a part of a conversation with the estate planning attorney just to consider Mm -hmm. all of those things and who might be the best person based on location to be named in the will Mm -hmm. or in a trust. And one of the things that I think is important too, is that if you are going to be the power of attorney, you know, asking the financial institutions ahead of time, what do you, what do you need? How do I get online access? How does, does your mom or dad have a list of accounts that you would need to get into? Are you using some kind of family password manager? You know, that's been one of the things over the course of my career when I first started out in 2020 or sorry, 1994. <laughs> I'm, I'm 2020. Yeah. 1994. When I first started out, I worked for a trust company. And one of the things that we often talk to people about was, you know, following the bills, right? So what, watch your mom and dad's mail, because that'll tell you what bills are coming due. Well, a lot of people don't get the mail anymore. They get everything online. So having some sort of sense of how to get into the different accounts, either through a password manager or, you know, some people still have that little black book that I tell them not to have. But, <laughs> right. um, you know, that's something that's really important, I think, to consider as well. Um, yeah, and that can be part of, you know, we always encourage clients to have a red file and that's just a file mm-hmm. with all your important documents. And some of that could be listing out accounts, um, not necessarily passwords, but at least you could go to that and know, you know, these are where their accounts are held and here's, you know, mm-hmm. an account number and you've got at least a starting point. And I think... Even though you're afar, you can know where that red file is and you can know contacts that are closer to your parents that can get there and get those documents and get to your parents sooner than maybe you can. Even better yet, maybe send a copy of the red file to everybody that you love, you know, that would be an even better solution potentially. Yeah. And then finally, uh, before we go into the next step, and I just want to take a brief moment. And for those that are listening for the wine section of Wine and Dime, we have been featuring a winery called Airely. Airely was out in Oregon. We went to see them when Brent and I vacationed there. And we were fortunate to get our first club pack here recently. And they sent us a couple of wines. One of them was a estate Pinot Noir. Oh my gosh, Anne, it was like drinking <laughs> velvet. It was no, so awesome. <laughs> oh, she's it just it just melted in my mouth. And I was like, ooh, I think I need to when we get down to Florida, I need to send submit an order and actually go get like a more than just one bottle. So yeah, if if anybody is looking for something to put with Thanksgiving dinner to me, this is what I know a lot of people serve white wine with Thanksgiving, but this would be a great either pre-dinner wine, it could be a great post dinner wine, or I think it would go ex- uh, excellent with dinner in and of itself. So Airly Winery is, uh, again, out in Oregon. If you go to their website, you can kind of see what they have for a menu, but the estate Pinot, Pino, I can stand behind. So closing, um, so I love to throw that in the middle so that when we we talk about the next step and, cl- and close this particular podcast, one of the things that you and I talked about is if, what if you know, somebody does need us? What if one of our parents is actually at the point where, you know, they they have an emergency or they need our assistance? What about an emergency plan for us to get to them? Mm-hmm. Any thoughts on that? Yeah, you were asking, you, you know, we were asking about this and talking about this right before the, the segment. And mm-hmm. I mean, I think first and foremost in our family, it would be knowing that there's somebody close by that can really step in initially. And then mm-hmm. 
Um, you know, just thinking about what would you do for me? It would be who could pick up the kids. Like how quickly can I get there and trying to, you know, make a plan with my husband. And this actually is something that I um, have thought about and kind of worried about. Um, You know, I do work remotely, so I could probably get there and do that. But in a quick emergency, it would be it would be a challenge with the kids. So I think Mm -hmm. having that backup care plan and knowing how I would get there that that would be tricky. I think, you know, knowing that I have close family and friends next to my mom that could get there right away while I'm making that plan is mm-hmm. important. And usually we're in crisis mode when something like that happens, right? So maybe sitting down and writing a checklist in advance, like who could pick up Isabella, who could pick up Nico, who, mm-hmm. you know, who could help Fran with pick up and drop off because, you know, he still has to potentially work or um, what, you know, in my case, um, I don't have that particular challenge. But if I have to hop on a plane, look, who's going to reschedule appointments? And, yeah. you know. So, uh, you know, that's one of the things. And then in addition to that, it's even, you know, thinking about make sure that the parents and your other siblings know what that looks like too, how to contact you, what, you know, where you might be, um, how to get in touch and, and every, that way everybody in the family knows sort of this is what the checklist is. Because again, if, if you're truly in an emergency situation, you're number one, you know, it's your mom and dad, you're not thinking clearly if it's an emergency and number two, there's just too much to have to think about in a day to day that, you know, you could plan for in the course of a couple of hours potentially. So having that checklist done in advance was one suggestion that we, we thought might be a good idea. And now it's some homework that I actually have to do as well. (laughs) Yeah, That's a great point. And going back to those documents, like the HIPAA release, like who could get health information if your parents had an emergency and, um, you know, they're, they're not maybe able to, to speak for themselves like who can make decisions, who can get access to their healthcare information, like somebody that's close by that may be there initially. So yeah, those are all yeah. important conversations to have with the estate planning attorney as well. Yeah. And also, what if somebody's on vacation that normally would be there? You know, what if the neighbor's on vacation? What if your sister's on vacation? What if what if what if you're on vacation? Yeah. Yes. <laughs> like, what are all those the different things? Plan to the backup plan. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> just and that one just kind of came out and, and thought I, I hadn't really again, I have some homework to do on this myself. But and any other suggestions or ideas that we should leave the listeners with as we we fade off into, um, you know, December? which is coming down the road and any family conversations that you might want to have? I mean, I think it, you know, the holidays, tricky family dynamics there. It's not always the most fun to think about having these conversations. But, you know, if you're all together and maybe you're not other times of the year, it could be a chance to, you know, have some conversations to check in with parents and see how they're doing and, um, you know, kind of talk to them about, you know, do they have estate planning documents in place? Is that something, you know, you should help them get updated? And, you know, a good goal for the new year is to get, you know, some of that stuff in place. So, um, I think, it, you know, use that opportunity of maybe being together with people in person to, to talk some of that out. Yeah. And I, I do think it's important. Like some of the ways I approach it too is like, hey, Brent and I were talking and here's some things that we were thinking about. Do you, you know what what should I be doing if that happened to you? Because we have our plan. What should I be doing? And I know it's not a fun topic, but I just want to make sure we would we have thought it through. 
you know, so it's almost like I'm putting it on us, not on them. So that tends to work really well. Well, and thank you so much for your time today. We look forward to um, getting back into the groove after the holidays where we've got one more month of podcasts this month. And we're going to take a couple of weeks break uh, towards the end of December just to enjoy some time with our family. So we're giving everybody a heads up right now. If you like this podcast, podcast, please feel free to show, to share. Oh my goodness. Maybe I'm already into the holiday. <laughs> right. <laughs> um, we hope you enjoyed it and we'd love it if you share it with your friends and rate us on iTunes so that more people can find us like you did. Thanks everyone. Happy holidays. Thank you. And that will about do it for today's episode of Wine and Dime. You can contact Amy through the website, www.rootedpg.com or amy at rootedpg.com. You can also follow us on Facebook and Instagram at RootedPG for the latest news. And if you have any questions, comments, or topics you would like to hear about, feel free to let us know. Don't forget to rate and subscribe the show wherever you get your podcasts. And again, thank you for listening and be sure to tune in next time.